Balls and Beards podcast episode 20 about to kick off sports guy Chris I am here with my good friend Mikey Mikey how are you doing this morning my friend you know what dude I am doing a-okay can't believe it's episode 20 All right bro oh that Nuts. is crazy that is crazy oh it's awesome hey you know we've uh, of course like always had a few developments going on in the NFL and NBA you know maybe a little slow week overall but there's always something going on and you know we had another big trade in the nfl this week to you know get things going that nfl draft is still a couple weeks away but things are really heating up so yeah. um of course milwaukee bucks news making me happy a little easter present we had drew holiday sign an extension we'll yeah, talk about that a yeah. little bit later as well uh james harden's gonna be out maybe on the shelf for eh, a week or two you know we'll touch on that as well but one net superstar goes out, another one comes back. Mm-hmm, Durant mm-hmm. might be in action tonight, so we'll touch on that a lot more. But let's lead off with the NFL today, Mikey, and of course the Jets. A couple days ago, made a big trade. It had been rumored really all you know off season long, uh, even for most of last season, that Sam Darnold would get moved out yeah. of out of uh, New York at the end of this year. Of course, you know they brought in a new coach, new coaching staff. This kind of makes sense. They're sitting there at number two in the draft. There's a whole bevy of quarterbacks available. So yep. they flip with the Panthers. They send Mr. Darnold down to Carolina. They got three draft picks in return. Mikey, what's your take on that draft? What does it mean for the Panthers? What does it mean for the Jets? Uh, what does it mean for Sammy Darnold? What yeah, do you think? for for that for that trade. Yeah, you know. Um. Uh. Well, look. Um. What this means is is uh, the Panthers don't have to they they can they can move away from uh, what's his face um, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater yeah, that, uh, yeah you know that they yep. were they, they signed to an extension whatever they signed to a contract didn't really quite work out he had a mediocre yeah, record yeah. there in Carolina yeah um, you know Carolina's been a relatively successful franchise the last you know decade plus they've, they've constantly been kind of in that conversation in that hunt in the playoffs sure um made some noise you know made a super bowl or two but you know i think they move away from him you know darnold is still relatively young um they can you know they can kind of build around him and yeah. then with the draft picks and stuff like that they can focus on now that they have a quarterback they can focus on you know their their defense they can focus on possibly getting him another offensive weapon you know they can do yeah. some things um, you know, for the Jets, like you said, I mean, this is this is something where now they can kind of restart, hit the reset button. Um, you know, some mock drafts have them picking Zach Wilson out of BYU, um, although there seems to be kind of some suspect, uh, um, you know, intangibles there with some analysts and whatnot. But, you know, sure. either way, the Jets are going to get their quarterback. You know, it's probably going to be quarterbacks the first three picks for sure, if not yeah, the absolutely. first five picks. I so totally all agree. of these guys... And, you know, I mean, with, with the Panthers now sitting at number eight, you've got, you know, um, there's talk about possibly other teams trying to move up to try and get, you know, quarterbacks and stuff like that. You know, you've got the Denver Broncos situation. Yeah. Um, you know, they need a quarterback. Um, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals could probably use a quarterback. You know, the Dolphins, by all accounts, because they didn't trade for Sam Darnold. Um, you know, Dolphins look like they're sticking with Tua. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good move, I think for Carolina, you know, it's good to, it'll be interesting to see 
kind of like Goff going to from uh, the Rams, um, you know, to uh, the Lions. It'll be interesting to see this a new environment for these yeah, guys and right. see what yeah. they what they can actually bring to the table totally now agree. that they're in in different situations. Yep. Albeit, you know, you know, you're going from a terrible franchise to Carolina, <laughs> you know, whereas Goff sure, went from sure. a winning franchise to, you know, a, yeah. uh, you know, mediocre <laughs> franchise. So, you know, I mean, I, I think that in terms of that, I, I think that that's where it's going to be. Um, you know, whether this moves the needle one way or the other, I, you know, I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, I mean, look, it's it's a good move. It's a, something that was already kind of predicted. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, good for the Panthers. They went out and got a dude um, that can they can hold down the fort behind, you know, at center. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that's kind of my takes on it. Yeah, fair enough, Mikey. I think it's one of those uh, rear trades that really worked out for both teams. And I think the value was, was good for both teams, too. I mean, yeah, you didn't get a first-round pick. But, you know, I don't think anybody would have gave a first-round pick for Darnold at this point. So you look at what they got. They got a sixth-round pick in this year's draft. Not much, but... A, a second rounder and a fourth rounder in next year's draft. Yeah, so that's right good. Yeah. The Jets already have a ton of picks in this draft. They have a ton of first round picks. So they've, you know, they added more draft capital for next year, which could allow them to potentially move around, trade yeah, some of those, some get trades. some different yeah. assets. So it was a good move for them. You know, you're bringing in a new coach. You're bringing in he, Robert Salah, defensive guy, of course, from the 49ers. He's going to bring in his own coordinators and so on and so forth. It just makes sense. To move on, you're sitting there at number two in a draft where, by all, I mean, you've got a bunch of guys to choose from. Like you mentioned it, they've been tied to Zach Wilson. Justin Fields of Ohio State's another guy they've been tied to as well. I think it's going to be one of those two guys. I think that's who they're going to take at that spot. Uh, But it just makes sense. You, you, You get a clean start, fresh start for both sides. You look at Carolina, they did a lot of good things in their first year under Matt Rule. Yeah, they were 5-11, and 11, but of course, you know, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, one of the most dynamic players in the NFL, missed most of the year. He right. only played three games. But you look at what they did do, defensively, they were better. Uh, they were competing in a tough division where, you know, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers obviously won the Super Bowl. You still had Breeze that sitting there in the Saints. But I think Carolina looked at it and said, okay. New Orleans, Drew Brees retired. They've yeah. got a great roster, but they have a big question mark at quarterback. Yeah. Matt Ryan is aging. Atlanta needs a lot of stuff. So while they might have Matt Ryan sitting there, he's getting in the twilight of his career, and they have sure. a lot of needs to fill. So I think Carolina is looking at it like, hey, our defense was a lot better last year under Rule. Our our you know our key uh, weapons offensively. We actually did something even without McCaffrey. You look at what they had, and they used uh, Curtis Samuel, one of their wide receivers, kind of became one of these Swiss Army Knife guys, especially in the second half of the year. Uh, They would put him in the backfield a whole bunch and give him the ball. He had about a five-game stretch where, I mean, they were getting that guy the ball. He was scoring touchdowns, catching, you know, 10 passes a game. So um, you got Samuel. He ran for 200 yards, actually. Uh, and a couple touchdowns. He also had, you know, 850 yards receiving and three more. So you got that guy sitting there. Uh, DJ Moore had a great year. You know, he was their leading receiver. He he had uh, 1,100 yards, 1,193 yards, four touchdowns himself. Led the team 18.1 catches per game. And then the kind of the wild card, they had signed Robbie Anderson before last year. Robbie Anderson spent the first three, four years of his career with the Jets, playing with Sam Darnold. So now... A little bit of familiarity, familiarity there, mm-hmm. so you've, you've got those two kind of going again. 
And Robbie Anderson showed what he could do last year when he was on a team where he didn't have to be like the lone threat, you know, and he had his first thousand yard receiving season, um, caught 95 passes, a career high. He has been known as that deep field burner guy, and he kind of morphed into the chains guy last year. He averaged 11 yards per catch. DJ Moore was that deep threat. But now you got Sam Darnold. He's got a big arm, a bigger arm than Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, we we know what you're going to get in Teddy. He's a game manager. He has right. been his whole career. I mean, you know, his second full season last year since 2015, and then he had that injury in 16. So, but even... Two years ago, when he filled in for Drew Brees, won some games, and got him that contract with the Panthers, he was still a game manager on a good team. So, you know, you kind of know what you got with Teddy. Now you bring Sam in, you go, okay, this is a guy that still, the jury's still out, because he never had a full, really, chance with the Jets, you know? So, we've got weapons here, we're ready to go. By all accounts, you, you, you look at where, like you pointed out, they're sitting at number eight. Now they can probably take one of the best offensive linemen available in this draft, slate him in, and be a starter right away, which is really what they need the most. The defense was better. I think the uh, the, the weapons there are good offensively. Okay. Okay. Even the guy that took over for, for McCaffrey, Mike Davis, had a good year yeah, last okay. year running back. So, you know, that guy went for 600 yards on the ground, six touchdowns, and caught 59 passes out of the backfield. So he showed his versatility, okay. too. Okay. So I like I like that fit. I, I you know Carolina, by all counts, was in the quarterback market and sitting at eight. You don't know in this draft there might be a quarterback sitting there, one of these big five. There might not. I mean, you know all the, these guys might all go right away. Right. So, but I mean, do you think? But I don't I don't know if going quarterback would be that best play right there though. I mean, because you just traded for Sam Darnold and you know you got him all excited. He's going to be your starter. Oh no, they and had, by they all had. accounts, even if you did draft a quarterback, you know he, Sam Darnold's your starter and for the foreseeable future. The problem is, is that if Sam Darnold struggles and you've got a top ten quarterback sitting there right, in, right. on the sidelines, yeah. and it's not a situation where you get to bring him in and bring him along slowly as his eventual replacement, right? This isn't a Drew B situation. This isn't a, a a Tom Brady or a Matt Ryan or a Peyton Manning situation yeah. where you can have a young quarterback, you know, or whoever backs up Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's not like one of those situations where you can have a guy study under a right. Hall of Fame quarterback, yeah. right? So yep. if I was Sam Darnold and the Panthers did draft a quarterback, I'd probably be looking over my shoulder a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right? And yeah. that's not the way you want to no, go about totally. it, right? And I totally agree. I don't think they're going to do that. You know, I think they were sitting there. If anything, if a, if a, a quarterback was sitting there left, at, you know, there was a couple guys, let's just say hypothetically that there was one or two guys sitting there potentially, you know, maybe a team does make a move to jump up. Well, now that's it. Guy, yeah, right? yeah. Mean, now, now you have that phone. The phone lines open completely because that you are sitting in a spot where one or two of these big five quarterbacks could drop to. Yeah, you've got your quarterback. Now you could really, now you could really turn that into some okay. more assets, multiple okay. first rounders. So I think going into this draft, they were sitting there going, okay, you know, at eight, what do we want to do? Do we want to? Do we want to keep Teddy and draft a guy and then kind of let him learn, you know, like bring him along? Do we want to pay Teddy that much money? So, you know, they've opened him up to look for a trade, which is the right thing to do. I don't know if he'll find a trade partner. He's going to be a 22 million But he would be as a game manager guy. Game manager guy. There's some teams, right? Washington. Washington's got a good defense. They're in a crappy division. They would, I'm sure they would take a game manager. They just got Ryan Fitzpatrick, but hey. Fitzmagic and Teddy kind of competing with each other. These are a couple guys that filled in at teams 
before and had right. some success, so maybe that would work. Denver still needs a quarterback. The Bears still need a quarterback. Yeah. So there's a few teams that might pull the trigger and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll take a flyer on Teddy. We'll give him a chance. So, um, you know, interesting. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, man, I, I like the fit, and I agree. I don't I don't think they definitely don't draft quarterback anymore. Yeah. But those those phone lines will be open because sure. I have a feeling they might be able to trade back and, and get some more get still, get some more assets, yeah. get some more capital. And still so. possibly get the guy that they want. And st- Yeah, and still possibly get the guy that they want. Sure. Exactly like you said, especially with all those quarterbacks going so early. I was talking with a buddy of mine just the other day. He was a big Giants fan, but we were talking about it, how because – this year's so unique with the, you've got these five like quarterbacks everybody loves and by all accounts they're all going to go in the top 10. It's like a little different draft where all of a sudden now where normally your best two or three offensive linemen are going to go into your top five or six, those dudes are going to be sitting back there in the team. So it's almost like if you're mm-hmm. a team that's picking 10 to 20 this year, Depending on your need, you're almost like having a top ten pick this year if you're not looking for a quarterback. Like my Cardinals. Yeah, dude, Cardinals exactly. Are number sixteen. Yeah. Hey, just saying. Look at Tampa last year. They were sitting there in mid range. They moved up a couple spots to eleven and got the best lineman in the draft, yeah. Tristan Wirfs, and he was fantastic for them protecting yeah. Brady. He kept Brady clean. That was the dude that kept him clean. A rookie tackle. Yeah, so. Yeah. It can be done. That's for sure. But yeah, anyway, I, I like this trade for both sides definitely. I think. The Jets can make their clean break. They can bring a new quarterback in with the new coaching staff and just reset yeah, yeah. it. Reset. And yeah. Carolina, you know, I mean, sets themselves up potentially to, you know, see what happens. But, you know, can they over overtake uh, the Saints as, you know, the, the, the team to threaten Tampa yeah. and that NFC South? It'll be interesting. So, I like the move. I, I think it was a good one. So, But you know what this move does, though, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. This mood signals that, um, you know, and we, we've kind of avoided this topic um, just out of principle between the two of us yeah, more than anything. Yeah. But, you know, now you, you have this uh, the Deshaun Watson situation. And yes, I think this Sam yes. Donald trade really signals the fact that the trade market for Deshaun Watson, arguably a better quarterback than Sam Donald, uh, oh, yeah. you know, whatnot. Um, his trade value is absolutely nil at this point. Yeah, and no, no. you know we're not no, going to necessarily no, no. we're not we're not going to people we're we're not going to get into all that. But you know the Texans finally released a statement about him, you know, condemning uh, sexual assault sure. um, and the like. My issue, and you and I have talked about this, and yes. we've talked about this without you know hitting record. But like you know the fact that it's taken twenty plus women now. To yeah. come out, and regardless of the fact that there's been 10, 15 women or whatever it is that have come out in support of, um, you know, the fact that it's taken this long for the Texans to even release a statement yeah. is kind of mind-boggling. Nike just suspended his endorsement deal with them, um, and Deshaun Watson was also dropped by in his endorsement by Beats by Dre Headphones. Um, you know, Chris, I, I'm just kind of curious about your take on this. Like, you know, in the era of Me Too and whatnot, the fact that this dude still has a job, technically, yeah. Um, the fact that this dude, you know, with the NFL's image, with Me Too movement, the fact that this guy has not already been suspended indefinitely, regardless, yeah, yeah, it's kind of surprising, right? Um, it is a little surprising. You know, I think there's been some instances in in recent history where you know um, guys have been certainly dropped almost immediately, you know, for, uh, for even less, you know, sometimes, you know, give or take where, where those endorsements right away. Um, yeah. but you know, like, like you said, 
to take this long to, to have a statement come out from the Texans is, I think, is, is a little troubling. The NFL, too. You know, look, I think if if it wasn't a guy but that, by all accounts, is a, a top-five quarterback in this league and a big star, and let's be honest, the whole offseason was about this guy and where he was going to get traded right. first. Yeah. Narrative shift in February, of course, with, with what's going on now. Uh, but you, you have to think if this was the third string guard, this guy would have been done a long time ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that part of it is what's troubling for me. I just feel like maybe it's a little bit different because of this guy's superstar status. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I just feel like maybe that's playing somewhat into it. But, you know, I agree with you. I just think to, to take to get to the point where somebody actually had to come out and make a public statement and go into some detail about what she's been going through and it took that to get any kind of a statement from the Texans from the league yeah um, to me that's yeah I, I would have liked to seen something come out sooner than that and not yeah. have it get to that point before a, releasing a statement yeah. I mean, I, I was just kind of scanning through the statement, and you know, I'm going to take a minute here. I'm going to, yeah, you know, kind of sure, parse through sure. it. But like, you know, it, it's interesting. This is what the Texans said. They say, "quote We want to take this opportunity to address the complaint filed with the Houston Police Department and allegations made in the civil lawsuits filed against Deshaun Watson. We want to assure you that we take these allegations very seriously, as reported. HPB and the National Football League are conducting investigations, and we will cooperate fully." We respect the legal process and will continue to monitor, monitor the situation closely. While we await the conclusion of these investigations, we express our strong stance against any form of sexual assault. Our family and the entire Houston Texans organization are deeply troubled by any form of abuse and we contem condemn this type of behavior. We will continue to commit resources to help prevent abusive behaviors from occurring in our community and ensure respect for all. Over the past 10 years, the Houston Texans Foundation, the McNair Foundation, and the McNair family have donated more than $10 million to the organizations whose focus centers on strengthening families, preventing abuse, and providing much-needed services to those who have fallen victim to domestic violence or sexual abuse. This is deeply personal to our family and remains a priority. Okay, well, if it remains a priority, fire the dude. Yeah, yeah. There, there has to be some sort of, I mean, I get yeah. it, agents are powerful people, but like, yeah, fire the dude. Yeah. Anybody Suspend else? Him, fire, right? fire I mean, him. Suspend look. him. You got. You got to come out. Like I don't understand why you have to let twenty some odd people come forward. Not publicly, but yeah. like you, outside of the two that have come forward right. publicly. But you have twenty plus women. That's more than would have come out in defense of this dude. And God only knows if those people yeah. got paid off or yeah, what right. happened. I mean, come point. on, let's yeah. let's be yeah. real. I mean, yeah. you know, you got it. That's a good um, point. Yeah. So. The fact that this dude is still employed and you're making the statement that you condemn this behavior, then condemn yeah, it. Yeah, condemn yeah. it. Condemn Straight it up. 100%. Like, condemn it. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It I, remains deeply dude. personal. How can you how can you say those kinds of statements and then continue to employ this guy? Yeah. If this guy if if this guy if there's nothing that ha transpires between now and the start of the season and this guy steps on that field for your organization, shame on you. Yeah. After that I kind agree. of a statement, shame on you. I Mikey, I, I totally agree. Look, Great points, right? If if this was another line of work, this was another situation, this was an office job somewhere, this guy would have been suspended while the investigation was going on. Totally suspended. Um, we see this all the time, unfortunately, with the occurrences with police departments around this country. Something happens, mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. get suspended while the investigation's right. going on. That's usually how it works. Right. So 
a month and a half into something, and the NFL has been investigating it the whole time. The Texans have been saying they're taking it serious and investigating it the whole time. Right. Now we have the official statement. Then actually do something about right. it. Take that next step. And it doesn't have to be. You can suspend the dude indefinitely. It doesn't yeah. have to be you suspend him for X amount of games or this, that, whatever. Just suspend the dude. That's yeah. all you got to do. That's Suspend it. the dude yeah, indefinitely. Exactly. I mean, look. You know, we, we just talked about this before hitting record, and, you know, this is a whole different topic, and I understand that this is kind of still a, an issue for people, but, like, Colin Kaepernick did nothing wrong. He didn't abuse any no. women. He no. didn't, he didn't you know, uh, uh, commit robbery. He, he, he didn't do any – he didn't commit sexual assault. He didn't do anything. The yeah. dude knelt. Yeah. In, in response to, poli- you know, police brutality. Exactly. And he got blacklisted in the NFL. Yep, yep. This dude has 20-some... Again, I'm gonna I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, yeah. but, like, no pun intended, but, like, you know, you got this guy straight up... 20-plus women have come out against this dude, and this dude is still... There's still talk about him possibly being traded. There's still talk about, you know, yeah. the fact that this dude is just employed in general, yep. and you got a dude out there that just knelt. Yeah, yeah. He knelt, yep. and he got blacklisted by an entire league, and he's not had a job since. Yep, exactly. That's yep. messed up. That, I, I don't, I don't hey, get it. I totally agree. And and you know what? You know the, the NFL, of course, has done a 180 in the last two years, and then all of a sudden now we're supporting kneeling and all these yeah. different forms. Ka- Kaepernick was just ahead of the curve, and it right. happened to be not a popular sentiment was with a, a segment of your viewers, and that's why he got blacklisted. Right. It all it purely. Had to do with business. By 32 NFL teams. Yeah, yep. Uh, And and those are excellent points. Those are excellent points. So We just talked about all these teams that could use a quarterback. And you've got a quarterback that was arguably one of the best for a brief period of time in the NFL. And you can't give a flyer on this dude? Come on. Went to a Super Bowl. Come on. Went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on. That just, uh, just reeks of just... Fishiness, man. Yeah, I do. I totally agree. And look, the NFL has they their personal conduct policy. You yeah. don't necessarily have to be committed of a crime to be subject to that. That is a strict policy they put in place now for over a decade to try and curtail a lot of the off-field issues they had for a, a long period of time. Yeah. This is a league that has done a lot to try and repair their image, whether yeah. it be concussions, whether it be domestic abuse. Um, a lot of different things over the years. They've tried very hard to change yeah. their image. They need to. This needs to be something where you know this can't just be allowed to be go on. Right. You know, go ahead, go all in on it. Suspend yeah. the guy. Do yeah. what you need to do here because yeah. you've done, you've done more for less yes. in the past. Correct. So let's let's you know yeah. get on board with that. Totally yeah. agree, Mikey. Um, great take. Uh, great take there as well. So. You know, guys, we'll take a quick uh, segment break right now, and then when we come back, you know, we'll we'll jump into some NBA talk yeah. and get going there. Of course, the Harden injury, the uh, the Bucks signing holiday, and so on. Balls and Beards podcast episode twenty, moving right along. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast episode twenty, moving right along. We of course, you know. Touched on some NFL talk, the big trade. Touched on Deshaun Watson and that ongoing situation. And now we're going to jump in, talk about some NBA. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. Switching up to, you know, um, 
my books yeah. on Easter Sunday, of course. We yep. got a little, you know, extra Easter egg yeah, in our did. basket mm -hmm. when we woke up to find out Mr. Drew Holiday signed that extension. Mm -hmm. Kind mm -hmm. of figured he would when we made the move for him, but to have it official, big deal. It's a four-year extension. Of course, Giannis signed his extension before the year wrapped up, and Chris Middleton has already been under wrapped up for years to come. So, Milwaukee's big three intact for the next few years to come. Mikey, yeah. what is your take? What do you think that means for the Bucks? Maybe in, more in particular, what does that mean for head coach Mike Budenholzer? What's your take? Well, you know, um, I, look, I, we, we talked about this before hitting record. Yep. You know, I think this puts more pressure on Budenholzer to at least make the NBA Finals this season. Yeah. Um, you know, the problem, obviously, is that he's got the 76ers and, and the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> yeah. ahead of him. I mean, they're sitting yep. comfortably at number three in the right. Eastern Conference, yeah. but... You know, even still, you know, and quite comfortably. I mean, there's six games above the Atlanta Hawks in the loss column in terms of between splitting between three and four. And they're right behind, you know, to be fair, they're right behind the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. They're about, you know, two and a half games back because the uh, 76ers and the Nets are tied currently. You know, but look, it, this gives the point guard that, that Giannis needs, a guy that can handle the ball, that can make big shots, that can make big plays, that can play defense in that backcourt with Chris Middleton, um, you know, he can guard players. He can probably, Drew Holiday can guard one through three. Um, Chris Middleton also, he's a swing player. You know, uh, he can he can guard, uh, you know, um, multiple positions. Giannis obviously can. You know, I, I really like that move for them. Um, it shores things up. You know, they're committing a lot of money to the dude. Yeah, um, Between yeah, those are. three guys, yeah. they're committing a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a good chunk of their cap space. But look, I mean, if you win... You attract free agents, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I think that that's important, um, you know, and regardless of the market that you're in, if you win, you yeah. attract free agents, right? Yeah, totally, totally. But yeah. having said that, Budenholzer, his butt's in a hot seat, even yeah. hotter now, because now yeah. you've got your three best players are now committed for the foreseeable future. I mean, you know, Chris Middleton is signed through the 2023-2024 season, He's got a player option for that last year of $40 million. I highly doubt at that point that that dude is going to decline that option. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, I have a feeling that those three are going to stick around. But, you know, look, Budenholzer has been at the helm now for a few years, three years or whatever it's been. You know, yep. they've had the best record in the Eastern Conference. They've they But they've petered out every single year, it seems, yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So now that you've got this roster, you've got P.J. Tucker there. I mean, he's on a really team-friendly deal just for this season, so he's a rental potentially. But, you know, you got to make something happen, dude. You, this, you have to make an Eastern Conference Finals. And in my opinion, dude, and, and I'm not a Bucks fan, but if I'm the Bucks, this is – if I'm front office, this is NBA Finals or bust for them. I yeah. Mean, depending on the fashion in which they lose, but even still, if you have – for sure, you have a second-round exit – you're gone. Yeah. There's no way you can bring this dude back and, totally and appease agree. the fan base. Yeah. I don't know how you can yep. go with that roster with a MVP candidate, a perennial yep. MVP candidate in Giannis, and 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 you know bring back the same coach yet again. Yeah. I don't know how you convince the season ticket holders because apparently you know the NBA is hopeful that next season there's going to be full arenas around right. the NBA. Right. Yeah. So yep. you know I don't see how you can appease fans by bringing back Booty one more time. Now the question is is that who do you go out and get as far right. as your coach? Right. Do you promote from within to, to try and get you over that hump? I'm not sure. The problem is is that in that with those expectations that you have in Milwaukee, dude, 
I don't know how this dude comes back if it's not a game within the NBA Finals or the NBA Finals. I would agree, Mikey. I would agree 100%. And, yeah, you know, Bolenholzer's had great success. You know, his first year, of course, 60 wins, the most best record in the NBA. Of course, you know, um, just shredded Detroit in the playoffs, lost the first one to Boston, rolled off four dominant wins in a row. Won the first two against the Raptors and then hit a brick wall. Nick Nurse yep. made some adjustments. Kawhi Leonard did Kawhi Leonard. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we lose four in a row and that's it. Last year, cruising right along on a historic pace for a while, uh, right up until basically a week before the shutdown. Uh, yep. Milwaukee was cruising. I mean, they, they were on a historic pace win-wise. Mm-hmm. Lost like three of their last four before, before the shutdown. Kind of lost some momentum. Came back weren't really the same team in the bubble. They mm-hmm. didn't play yeah. good before the playoffs started. They weren't the same team. They got in the playoffs. They beat the Magic, but didn't really play very good in that series. And then they right. get the Heat, and, and we know what happened. You know, they get upset by the Heat. Um, I think people were like, okay, it was the bubble. They were willing to give them a little bit of a pass. Was it disappointing? Yeah, definitely, because now you kind of took a step back. Yeah. Um, so I agree. Now you you go out, you made the moves to get Holiday in the offseason. He signed the extension. You're sitting there, yes, the Sixers are really good. Yes, the Nets are really good. They're both going to be the contenders. It's really hard to envision this year one of those three not representing the East. I just don't see I don't see a team like the Heat wild card coming on this year and are able to win and, and get to the finals. To me, it's got to be the Sixers, Nets, or Bucks, one of the three. But like you said, where we've been the last couple years, I, the next step is to get to the finals, is right. to at least get to the finals. I totally agree. A second-round loss, and they're probably going to have to move on from Booty yeah. and try to get the right guy in that can get over the hump, you know, yeah, to yeah. get over the hump thing. The Raptors were really good for a number of years, right, with Casey at the helm. He yeah. was the coach of the year. He couldn't get to the finals. They fired him, went with Nick Nurse. He got him over the hump, got yeah. him to the finals. They yep. won a championship. Yep. You know, sometimes that's what you need to do. You know, the Warriors were having some success with Mark Jackson as head coach. Couldn't right. quite get him to that next level. They go with Steve Kerr. We all know what happened yeah. after that. Yeah. So not saying that there's that kind of guy sitting out there right now, like you pointed out. Not really sure who they go with for the right. coach. But, you know, um, sometimes you kind of you get to that point. You're like, okay, this guy is only going to get us so far. Yes. Who do we have to get to get us over that hump? Right. So I agree. I think that does. I think the Bucks actually right now – are still in a good position this year. I don't mind if they finish third because they were they were the top team in the East the last two years, top team in the NBA um, two years ago. Uh, it was them and the Lakers last year as far as best record. I don't mind if they're all of a sudden not the best team because right now right. that spotlight is glaring really bright on the Nets yes. and the Sixers, right. not so much on the Bucks. I think that's a good thing for Milwaukee. Giannis has already said it a couple times in some different post-game interviews this season. He's kind of enjoying that the Buck. Not really a lot of people talking about the Bucks right. as much this year. I'm hoping that is going to help for that playoff run. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and you know, it's not like I said. The pressure seems to be more so, at least right now, from a media and all that kind of standpoint, on the Nets and the Sixers. They're getting more of the attention. I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like you said, we it still needs to turn into a finals appearance. Or yeah, I agree, dude. I think we're gonna have to make a move. I think you yeah. just have to. You yeah. just have to, especially now that these guys are wrapped up under contract. Um, you made a good point before we even hit record. 
Otherwise, you kind of if, if you don't get to the finals this year and you decide to bring it back, maybe there's a slow start. You have to fire him next year. Now you're bringing a coach in, and now you've got basically a lost year out of the three or four you have all these guys on right. the contract with. Definitely don't want that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that 100. percent Totally um, do. You know, you, you know, I, I I I do agree with the sentiment that I think sometimes when you don't have that spotlight on you, and that you're right, absolutely right. I mean, the spotlight is shining really bright right now on the Nets. It's shining really bright on the 76ers. I mean, the Nets by far have probably the highest expectations of, of any team in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely, really. yeah, really, um, yeah. Just definitely. because of the firepower, the names on the roster, sure, et cetera. Sure. I mean, that's what makes them, you know, have the spotlight that they do. Mm. Um, you know, even more so over a team like Utah or Phoenix or the Clippers or the Lakers or whatever. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where yeah, if you're the Bucks, you like that. The problem is, is that come playoff time. You know, now in between series, going into the series, you've got a nice little break. You've got all the analysts, all the podcasts, all the blogs (laughs) and stuff like that that are going to be parsing, you know, the matchups. And, you know, that's where the Bucks. The spotlight's going to be back on. Oh, well, I mean, of course, yeah, absolutely. You know, depending yeah. on where Giannis yeah. finishes yep. in MVP voting, things yeah, of that nature, sure. you got to imagine even after winning the last two, he's still going to get some votes or at least get some consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, so I think, I think that so. you know that spotlight is going to be on them yeah. again, and, yep. and in, in particular, in, for the exact reasons that we've laid out. I mean, yeah. you know, you bring in Drew Holiday because Eric Bledsoe yeah. couldn't yeah. get the job. Yeah, done. you're right. So now you're going into these playoffs with this expectation that you're going to be better. Now, good point. The one thing that the Bucks have over the Nets, in particular, and a lot of the other teams potentially come playoff time. You know, outside of the 76ers, defensively, the Bucks probably have, you know, Miami, depending on their health and whatnot, I'm still not completely convinced that Miami's out of the woods yet. I mean, look, no I one agree, saw them dude. coming yeah. to begin with, and no. so they upset several teams that, like your Bucks, yeah. like the yeah. Boston Celtics, yeah. that were primed to potentially make it to the finals last year. And Great so the boys. Miami, he did that. And and word came out today, it looks like they're going to be signing Dwayne Dedman, uh, the center um, okay. You know, uh, looks like they're going to be signing him for the rest of the year. So, you know, I mean, Tyler Hero hasn't been quite the same player. Duncan Robinson hasn't been quite the same player. I mean, Jimmy Butler's been in and out of the lineup, so it's Goran Dragic. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they've had some issues. But I think that if they get some health going on, given their, um, you know, their history and given their how well coached they are and stuff like that, I think that they could be in there. I mean, they weren't in the top six and now they're sitting in the top six. So, right. You yes. know, Charlotte's injury bugs have continued to hit them. Atlanta's hit a stride now, but I think Miami's going to be there. But having said that, the Brooklyn Nets don't have a defense. No, they so, don't. So, you know, the thing is that Milwaukee has so many of these different pieces that they can put out there that can challenge the Nets yeah. and, and really try and make things difficult, much like the 76ers. So I think that while – the seeding would allow them to kind of squeak by and not have to meet certain teams until later on in the playoffs. You know, I, I do think that that spotlight's going to be on them, in particular with Budenholzer, just because of his lack of kind of like Doc Rivers from a season ago and his lack of innovation when it comes to making adjustments yeah, in point. between games. Yeah, that's where that emphasis is going to be. You know, if you know if he if the if they go up against the nets let's say and you know he fails to make adjustments that are relatively easy to spot even for you know the layman 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Then, yeah. then, you know, much like Doc Rivers' insistence on playing Montrez against yeah. Jokic that didn't fare well when didn't you had Zubac well. sitting yeah. over good, there. Good and now what do the Clippers do? The Clippers go out and, you know, we were going to touch on this a little bit, but like, you know, the Clippers went out and added Cousins to, to go yeah. along yeah, with, yeah. with Zubac. So now you've got this larger front line and Serge Ibaka. Now Cousins has only got signed to a 10-day contract, but if he proves to be well, I could see proves to play well, I could see Cousins finishing out the season with oh, the Oh, yeah, totally. Especially totally. come playoff time yeah, having that yep. size. So I think that's where the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be. You know, that spotlight's going to be on them. Can Booty make those adjustments in between games, in-game, you know, to help? I mean, look, the blueprint out is kind of out on Giannis, right? Yeah. Sag off yeah. of that dude. Do yep. not allow that guy to get in the paint and get guys yep. involved. Let him shoot those threes, you know, and, and, and you know, you'll play your cards that way. You know, if you're Brooklyn, that's kind of plays into your defense, right? Because yeah, you don't true. have much of a defense. Yeah. But hey, if I can sag off, yeah. then I can sag off. You know, and 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 I can pack the paint. You've got enough guys on that Brooklyn roster that you can. You've got lots of six. You got lots of guys yeah. with six yeah. fouls to burn, yeah, right? That's hey, true. Yep. you know, Giannis, you're going to beat yeah. us at the free throw line, and you're going to yep. beat us from the three point line. Yep. You know, so I, I do think that those are areas where the Bucks are concerned. I think that oh, that's one absolutely. of the reasons why they added a PJ Tucker. Yeah, definitely. You know, Brooke Lopez is going to have to find his shot. His shot has been kind of suspect this season. It it's has not been. been the quite yeah. the, the quite yep. the same as it has been for years past with them. Those legs um, are looking older this year. Dude. Yes, they are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do think that there's lots of things in regards to that for your Bucks that, you know, definitely lend itself to like, look, they, they got to have what kind of Miami had last year this yeah, year. And, I and agree. you're going to have to, you're going to have to come into the playoffs playing your best basketball. Yeah, totally you're going to have to have health going on yep. and, and you're just going to have to clamp down defensively yeah. and get the stops that you need. And yep. look, Philly looks good. Um, they do, you know, they look really good they do look and really and, good, you know, and look, there's some teams down there on the bottom in the Eastern conference that could give your bucks problems and give any of those teams. I agree with you. 76ers, Nets and the bucks are probably the three favorites to come out of the East. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, the Knicks could make things interesting. Oh, you never absolutely. know what the Celtics yeah, could dude. do coming in. I mean, they're probably one of the best well-coached teams in the, in the Eastern conference. Yeah, right. The NBA. Right. You know they're they're playing 500 basketball, but they've been dealing with a rash of injuries and just all sorts You're of right. stuff this yeah. season. Yeah, But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's it just and and so yeah, I, I think that's where your bucks are at. But um, you know, and, and what's interesting here is that you know, kind of switching it up now and keeping it in the Eastern Conference, there, Chris. Sure. You know. Kevin Durant's coming back tonight. Yeah, KD. Yeah. However, Brooklyn's losing James Harden uh, for about 10 days. Yeah, about roughly a week and a yeah, half, two weeks, yep. he's going to be out. Yep, yep. So, you know, I mean, where does that mean? You know, Kevin Durant's not – he's not coming in in game shape. Uh, you know, what is this going to mean, you know, with, with James Harden, who's played point guard for them so yeah. far? You know, Kyrie's been playing off the ball. Now you're going to have to reincorporate Kevin Durant. He's more of an isolation guy. Um, you know, you're going to have to do that. He's going to have to fit in there with Jeff Green and, 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 yeah. and uh, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and, and all these guys. Yet again, they're going to have to figure things out. They've been successful to this point. But, you know, Chris, what do you think, man? Do you think you think uh, Kevin Durant's going to be – is it going to be seamless? Is there going to be trouble? Are they going to – Maybe, you know, lose a couple of the games. What do you think, man? Well, I think uh, I think KD will go right back into the lineup, and I think he'll probably just do what he was doing earlier this year. He'll be able to score just fine. I think I think for KD, it will be seamless back in. 
Uh, I think for everybody else, there'll be that adjustment period because you go back and you, when you kind of go back and look what Brooklyn was doing at the beginning of the year and even the first, you know, 14 games, I believe it was, after they made the trade for Harden, this team was 500 team. They weren't right. really, they weren't really figuring it out. KD then went out for a while. Harden stepped up and kind of been the guy that was running this ship. Kyrie Irving surprisingly was willing to play off of the ball and kind of, you know, take on that secondary role. And it worked, and they've won some games. But KD is a completely different player than Harden, like you said. He's 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 an ISO guy. Um, you know, I mean it's it's different. So I think there will be an adjustment period. I think this team will lose a few games like they did back at the beginning of the year when it was just KD and Kyrie for a mm-hmm, while. Mm-hmm. They were figuring things out. When they first got Harden, they lost a few games. Yeah. In particular, I mean, the Cavs have been horrible, but they couldn't beat the Cavs when they first got this loaded team. They lost right. to them two or three times yeah, right yeah, away. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I see that. I, I think... They're going to lose a couple games as they try to, again, figure everything out. Because like you pointed out, I mean, they, they just went and got Aldridge. They've only had Griffin for, what, a couple weeks at this point? So, like, they're still working all these dudes in, too. Right. Granted, you know, they're coming off the bench and stuff. But I think there's got to be some kind of a period, acclimation period again, because this just, I mean, they, they just haven't trotted out the same team all year long. Right. And at some point, I still think they're going to have to before the playoffs to get everybody involved, know what their roles are, how everybody can play together, especially with this with the big 3 together and actually on the court together. Yeah. For you know more than just a game or two before you get to the playoffs and you're going to go right. 7 games against one of these teams that have been playing together all year long. Right. So Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, I mean, you look at their you look at their schedule of coming and, you know, they just beat the Knicks by only 2 points. Yep. But you've got them playing uh, tonight. You have them playing um, uh, the Pelicans. Okay. Um, you know, and the Pelicans have struggled as of late. I mean, you know, they've been dealing with some injuries and whatnot. Lonzo sure. stepped up pretty big the other night. But then you've got a matchup against my Lakers. Yeah. Uh, coming up on April yep. 10th. You know, granted, most likely we're not going to have AD. We're not going to have LeBron. They're on the road trip, but we're probably not going to be playing with them. Right. But, you know, we just did a free agent signing. We signed Ben McLemore away yeah. from Houston. Yep. He was a free agent. He got released. Um, so we picked him up. Good pickup. I like it. It's good yeah, defense. Three and D kind of a guy. Yep. Can guard multiple positions. Career, he shot about forty percent from the three point line. Yeah, perfect. We'll um, you know, and and you know, I don't know if that says you know that we're we're look what we're thinking because entirely just because of the fact that you know, I mean, we've got what we just signed Wes Matthews this season. You yeah. know, To kind of replace Danny Green, he hasn't quite worked. You know, this is another one right. of those kind of things where we've got KCP, we've got Wes Matthews. KCP's struggled as of late. Wes Matthews hasn't been the Wes yeah. Matthews that we've been accustomed to seeing with your Bucks, And so now you bring in a guy, Ben McLemore, to kind of maybe pick up that slack a little bit. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Wes Matthews has dealt with lingering injuries this season. Yeah. You know, so this is a good, you know, a pretty good um, insurance policy. But I yeah, think he's going to get playing time right out the gate. He's certainly going to get playing time against Brooklyn. Yeah. But then, you know, Brooklyn plays against Minnesota. You know, so that's an easy one. But then coming up on April 14th, you've got a big-time matchup, you know, against Philly. Ooh, it's a home yeah, game for a Philly. Big one. Yeah. Um, you know, that one's really big. Then you've got a really big game after that for Brooklyn against Charlotte. you got a big game against Miami after that. Like, you've got some big games if you're Brooklyn. Yeah, and, you're right. You know, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but, like, they better take care of business against the Pellies. Yeah, yeah. By dude. all accounts, they're going to, you know, our defense, the Lakers' defense, 
regardless of the fact that we've missed AD now for 20-plus games and we're missing LeBron now for almost 9, 10 games, our defensive rating is still number one in the NBA. That's impressive, man. We have still, regardless of the fact that we haven't won, like, we are still the number one team defensively in the NBA. So, I mean, that's, that, come playoff time, that's going to be huge for the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. If we can, if we can show that against the Nets, then I think we have a chance. The Lakers, that is. Yeah. But talent typically just overwhelms the other squad. Yeah, that's and right. Unless we're clicking <laughs> on all the cylinders. Yeah. And Kuzma's hitting, Gasol's yeah. hitting, Schroeder's hitting, yeah, you know, enough, Morris man. is hitting. Like, that's going to be a tough one for us to win. But they, And then Minnesota. But this those are three games right there going into those next three that, you know, they could be playing, like you said, 500 basketball, you know, and, and – It'll just be really interesting. I mean, that Philly game is going to test their their defense. You know, um, Minnesota. I think that's going to test their defense a little bit. Cat's been playing better. Yeah, he's um, been playing better. Right? Yeah, you know, Anthony yeah. Edwards seems to you know be the the odds favorite now to win Rookie of the Year. Yep. So Minnesota's played better as of late, even though they haven't been winning. So you know, Brooklyn they got to take care of some business because they can't. They might not need the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, but. You know, it'll certainly help. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think Kevin Durant's going to come in, do Kevin Durant things, yep. and the other guys <laughs> are just going to have to figure things out around him. Yep, totally agree, brother. Totally agree. Oh yeah, man. But uh, but yeah, and then and then that's the other thing too. You know, uh, is that you know the Lakers added Ben McLemore, the Clippers yeah. added uh, Demarcus Cousins um, here in the last couple of days. Cousins uh, again on a ten day contract. Ben McLemore was signed for the rest of the season. Should also point out he's also represented by Clutch Sports, yeah. LeBron James' agency, <laughs> yeah, and Anthony Davis' yeah. agency. So that one probably made it a little bit easier <laughs> yeah. uh, to sign with the Lakers. Apparently, he was in the running to go to your Bucks. Oh, um, oh, you know, man. but I, I, I like that move from the Lakers' yeah. perspective. I, yeah, I think me too. It's a, it's a low risk, high reward type situation. He's a hustle guy, a guy that's going to make plays. He's, he's been a spot starter for the Houston Rockets. Right. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good pickup for the Lakers. I think so, too. Um, you know, and help kind so of a gop stop to, you know, once we get, we should be getting uh, uh, Andre Drummond back here in the next game or two. Yeah. So, you know, if that's the case, then I like our, ch- you know, again, going up against uh, Brooklyn here, you know, I, I, I like our chances. We're on this big East Coast trip right now. Um, you know, tonight uh, we have, uh, tomorrow, sorry, excuse me. We've got, you know, Miami, then we've got Brooklyn, we got the Knicks, we got Charlotte, you know, we got some, we got some games coming up here that the Lakers are going to have some trouble with, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Ben Lockmore and I like the Boogie Cousins move for, for the Clips. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. You know, low, I mean, it's a low risk thing, all that good stuff. For so, sure. You know, absolutely. I mean, I mean, and Boogie, you know, it looked pretty good at the beginning of the year, you know, with, with, with Houston at first. So I like it. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I like the move for, for uh, McLemore going to the Lakers too. So yeah. would have loved to have that guy in Milwaukee, but we did add Jeff Teague, which I was pretty happy about. Yeah. So I think adding him and then, you know, I, I, it makes sense. McLemore went to, went to the Lakers. So, and, and Mikey, I'm, I'm guessing right now with yeah. the LeBron injuries, AD being on the shelf for as long as he has been, mm-hmm. the goal right now as that Western Conference is continuing to get more competitive and some teams are moving up the standings a little bit probably is for the Lakers just to stay in the top six, right, until LeBron comes back and stay out of that play-in tournament type thing. Um, 
I mean, you're three games clear of the Mavs still. You're only a game and a half behind the Clippers for the third spot. So, right. But I'm assuming that's kind of what they're hoping to be able to do, just stay out of that the seventh spot, not have to worry about a, a, a play-in tournament thing, stay in the top six, get to the playoffs healthy, and, and let's take a crack at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, I, I think that the Lakers as a whole, I mean, it's, I guess I, I would I – would, I would, <laughs> prefer it if they stay in the top six but you know i think at the end of the day you know looking at the bottom four teams the seven through ten you know you got the mavs grizzlies spurs and warriors outside of maybe the mavericks yeah none of those teams scare me should no we, if one of those guys gets bumped out i doubt you know someone if in order for us to drop down you know that means somebody's got to move up could be the mavericks you know, whatever. But if I'm looking at it, none of those teams scare me. In, no, in dude, anything. I totally if we, agree. If we're healthy yeah. and we yeah. got AD and LeBron and Andre yeah. Drummond and, you know, Dennis Schroeder and Montrez and everybody that we got, I mean, in a one-two game series, I, I don't see how that hurts us. I mean, yeah, you'd rather not just because, you know, you look at Phoenix last year in the bubble. They went undefeated in the bubble, and then they didn't make the playoffs. Right, yeah. So they were rewarded with a a, a, a gone fishing. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think that that really affects the Lakers that much. I mean, when you have LeBron, LeBron's going to do LeBron-like things, and that's going to make that's it, true. you know, difficult. Yeah. But, you know, yes, would you rather not? Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, look – I think the Lakers can tread water looking at that schedule. You know, I mean, if you can get Drummond back, there's talk about Anthony Davis coming back after this road trip. Um, And that would be, we play Boston in LA. Um, So, you know, I mean, I I think that he's going to come back. Um, He's going to come back before LeBron. Um, You know, they just came out with a new timetable for LeBron and they were saying another three to four weeks. But, you know, I mean, that's, I I think that that's probably being a a little on the, the, you know, Cautious, cautious side, side yeah. you know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the dude's, you know, 800 years old and, you know, <laughs> like you want him fresh going into the playoffs. Yeah. So, totally. you know, I, totally. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, Fair enough. But yeah. I think to, to quell some of the concerns that Laker fans have, as well as your own concerns within your organization, I think that, you know, bringing one of those guys back sooner rather than later, in particular AD, would help quell some of those yeah, things. Oh, yeah, totally. Get back dude. to some winning yeah, ways. Yeah, you know, absolutely, Get back man. to, yeah. you know, yep. above 500 basketball. Yep. Um, and I think, totally you know, I, I think it'll be better. Um, you know, especially because you want to see what it looks like with Andre Drummond and AD playing next to each other. You want you want Frank Vogel to look at the different lineups sure. that he can trot sure. out there with Marcus Saul, with Montrose Harrell, with Andre Drummond, with Anthony Davis, you know, with Kyle Kuzma, with Talon Horton Tucker, you know, and, and LeBron's going to be able to fit where LeBron's going to fit. Like yeah. that's, that's not yeah. something that you have to be concerned about. Those other guys, I think you do have to kind of wonder and figure out how you're going to do rotations, um, you know, and how you're going to play that out. Um, you know, cause last year you look at it and yes, if we have Andre and Marcus Saul, you know, last year in the Houston series, we didn't play Dwight and JaVale at all. No, no, like not we, at all. we outside yep. of the first game or whatever, the remainder of the series, we played yep. Anthony Davis at the five. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that that's where, now granted, we don't have to worry about a Houston, but 
you know, and we're going to have to play up against bigger teams because you've got the Blazers with Nurkic. You've got Joker with the Nuggets. You've got, you know, Zubats and Boogie Cousins playing with the Clippers. Yep. DeAndre Ayton playing with the Suns. Probably not the one you got to worry about the most. But you got yeah. Rudy Gobert playing with the yeah, Jazz. Yeah, yeah. So you've got some bigs that you're going to have to contend with, which is why, you know, I like our, our bigs in that regard. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to figure out some rotations. You're going to have to figure out who's coming in off the bench, how you're going to play things out. So, you know, it, it's interesting, um, but I agree with you, man. we got to stay in that top six, yeah. arguably, because you never know. You don't want anything fishy to happen and bad calls to break in, yeah, against you. Yeah, you, you just and, never know in the one-game thing. You know, a guy can catch fire, a guy could get hurt, I, whatever. You know, just all the scenarios. But I'm also with you. I don't – none of those four teams would scare me if I was a Laker fan either. If for some reason you were to drop to seven or whatever, I still think you maneuver through that fine. But I, I'm with you, dude. I, I think yeah, you just want to avoid that altogether and yeah. just go in there and not have to worry about it. But exactly, dude. Episode twenty already. We're we're yeah, winding man. down the stretch. About yeah. to wrap a shiny bow on this. Yeah. Um, Mikey, any yeah. shout outs today, bro? You know what? Yeah, dude. Um, so I was um, uh, I got yelled at by my my youngest, <laughs> uh, my my little Sophia. Um, I'm, I'm supposed to give her a shout out, everybody, you know, do, do me a favor, go on YouTube, look up DIY dominators. It's her and her best friends, uh, YouTube channel. They do crafty stuff, do it yourself stuff. Awesome. And they've got some videos. They've been a little on uh, hiatus because of the pandemic, but, um, you know what, they've got a couple, um, episodes on there. And so, you know, they, they, they wanted me to give a shout out to our listeners out there. And then I also want to give a shout out to um, our youngest listener. He's eight years old, uh, Zach M. Zach um, M. He, uh, you know, he was inspired, Chris, by our podcast. That's awesome. Um, they went out to uh, Utah. Uh, his mom and his brother and him, they went out to Utah. On the way out there, they listened to every single episode of ours. Thank you for that. Thank you very much, <laughs> yeah, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, apparently he was inspired and he wants to start his own Legos podcast. Oh, brother, that's so, awesome. So, you know, kudos to you, Zach. I hope it happens. Uh, Me too, Zach. If you need any help, man, uh, ask Let us, us and we'll, 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 we'll give you some help. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But yeah, so shout out to Zach right there. So. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Zach. We will help you 100%, 110% and anything you need. For sure. Um, We're here for the kids. Absolutely. Here yes. for the kids. Yes. And DIY Dominators. Correct, DIY Mike? Dominators. Right. That yep. is correct. Yep. Sophia, we've yep. got you too, of course. So absolutely, guys. Um, check that out, please. Um, of course, we've launched our Patreon a couple yep. weeks ago. If you like the podcast, you're interested in supporting us, please check out our Patreon, Balls and Beards podcast, of course. In closing today, a couple shout-outs as well. I would like to give a shout-out to Baylor, who upset Gonzaga. Yep. A minor yep. upset. They were a 1C2, but Gonzaga was undefeated. Yeah. Uh, and they did, punched him in they the mouth. They punched him in the mouth in the opening minutes and yep. then just kind of kept going to work all game long. Yep. Uh, Gonzaga never really got back in it. They got down nine at one point. Suggs being in foul trouble didn't help. That either. did not help either. Yeah. Hats off to Baylor. They played really impressive. Yes, so, yep. you know, uh, Scott I mean, and, and shout out to a lot of the mid-majors out there. Yeah, I mean, man, you know, absolutely. Not, you know, yeah. is a big program, but they come from a smaller conference. They do. Which has yes, kind of been West one of their Coast knocks. Conference. Yeah, you're and, right. And, yep. you know, like, look, I mean, you know, Baylor's first national title for basketball. Yeah, first one. You know, and um, that's good. I mean, it, you know, as much as Duke and North Carolina 
and Kentucky and you know Kansas and all these yep. UCLA, USC, yep. all these big time programs, and to to see two smaller market ish teams perform the well that they as well as they did, really put on a show of how good. There's a there's a lot of good basketball players out there that Absolutely. you know maybe just don't get Absolutely. the shine that they deserve. So kudos hey, to them. Well said, Mikey. I I completely agree. And then of course I I've got to touch on you know Giannis. Hats off to you, sir. I'm sure he's a big listener of the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, a few nights ago he went bonkers up there in Portland. Match Will Chamberlain, an NBA uh, uh, record uh-huh. for most made two point field goals without a miss in a game. He went 18 for 18. <laughs> in that game where he scored uh, 47 the other night and, uh, yeah, uh, shot 85% from the field. But, yeah, 18 for 18. Not an all-star game in an actual competitive regular game. So that's off. Yeah, right? That's off to Giannis for that one. Uh, Hey, guys, Balls and Beards podcast, episode 20. Of course, we appreciate the support as always. Hey, we're in the books. We'll be uh we'll be back next week as always with yep. plenty more great content. Have a good week, y'all. Have a good one, everybody.